Hey everyone, welcome to episode 101 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Greg. We're just going to leave Jeff out from now on until <laughs> he comes back. Yeah, until he Gone. comes back from sabbatical, we're just going to have to leave it us. leave it go. Last week, it was too many names to pronounce, too many names <laughs> to remember. I didn't even get the first, no, the last name right of Gareth. Is it Gareth? Garen. 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 See, I, Garen. now still, I messed up his first name. Right. So I still don't have it right. Myler, not M- Miller. No, right. <laughs> so I was like, poor well, kid. poor kid. I just, uh, I slaughtered oh, that old. in every way possible. I'm sure you're not the first person that's done it. <laughs> so this past week, it was a just... A one-off. It wasn't even a series, just a single message. And last week was communion. So uh, just to be completely transparent, we had other plans for the podcast today, which fell through just like really, really a short while ago. And so we decided that we would just move ahead as ill-prepared as we might be and just to investigate a little bit further this past week's message as normal. It was communion, but it was also foster awareness. It was the beginning. And so I tried to tie 15 things into one sermon. Yeah. You did a pretty good job of getting all 15. Did you, did you feel like you nailed all 15? <laughs> all 15. <laughs> so I feel kind of complicit in this decision to, <laughs> to go from what we were going to do into what we're doing now. So I do have some stuff. You got some stuff? I've got some stuff. Is it I've good got some stuff? questions for Pastor Andy. Oh, I, oh right. good. I like that. This, this sage man here. Yeah, right. Um, I'm saged. <laughs> <laughs> so in your sermon, you talked uh, towards the beginning about... You know, that we're fearfully and wonderfully made there, allusion to Psalm 139. We're created in the very likeness of our creator from Genesis 126. But we don't just share the positives, you said. We know the the feel of shame and of feeling small, of feeling sad. We all know the pain of having something to stay and staying silent for fear no one wishes to hear. Mm -hmm. So with so many things that connect us, why does it seem like we're not very connected? I think because sin makes us egomanial. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you asked. I, I really, we 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 tend to be very self centered in our understanding of the world. We we think we think other people see things either drastically different than we do, or just like we do. Uh, we don't we don't think about different variations. And we there's a I think there's an idolatry, a little bit of self wanting to wanting to be uh, above and beyond all others. So one of the questions that you had in your takeaway questions is why do we seek to be different or unique? Would you kind of say that's the same thing or is there more to that? It's really interesting. Within within Adventism, it seems like because we have uh, capitalized oftentimes on the passage, you know, we are a peculiar people kind of thing. Yes. Bunch of weirdos. (laughs) It's very interesting. People try to find an identity in being different as long as we're all the same. Uh, So that's Abercrombie and Fitch today are... One person said to me after the service, I said, yeah, that's how they make all their money. Every Everybody wants to be uniquely them, just like everybody else's, so they're all the same. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, that's really interesting. There's a there's a documentary that Frontline did, PBS Frontline mm. did uh, years ago, probably a, a decade or so uh, or more, called Merchants of Cool. I don't know if you've ever seen no, that. No, I haven't seen it. But the whole thing is basically like the that they make coolness, right? They make being that unique individual the marketable thing. And so they have these people that are literally style finders, and they go out with cameras, and they go yes, to that's right. youth events, and they'll take photos of the blue of suede shoes, people. yeah, of just all <laughs> kinds of different stuff. And then they put all this market research into: is this going to be the next fad? They market that fad; it becomes popular. Then nobody wants to do it anymore. And so there's this like super narrow window mm-hmm. of what's cool and you know popular and the thing to do. And then when lots of people start doing it, it's not <laughs> cool anymore. So yeah. it's like these companies became really successful at what they did. 
And the problem with that is that it just finds us elusively chasing yeah. this like cool thing that's being really sold to us. Right. So it was, we, we think we're thinking it up and it's, we're not even thinking it up. In the sermon, I wanted to build a case that we're very much alike in positive ways and we're very much alike in negative ways. Because I think sometimes when we think about foster kids, which I was going to get to eventually in the sermon, we, th- we think about them being very different from us. And yet all the emotions that we have, all the feelings that we have, all the hopes and dreams and you know, all the good stuff and all the bad stuff, they share that with us. And and yet they oftentimes go through some really challenging journeys to get through life. But I think people look at the foster care system and they think that, well, I don't know anybody personally that has been in need of that service. Mm. So then they must be really different. Their lifestyle must be different or the choices that they make. And they must be that they chose it wasn't, you know, sometimes life just deals you a temporary bad hand or a long-term bad hand. So I think we can distance ourselves and be like, well, that's, that's not me. That's not, that's not me. That would, that would never happen to me. And yet when you look at someone like Chad and Susan and you see them bringing a foster child into their home and, and eventually adopting that, <laughs> that boy and to now say, well, now is he different? Was he different before because he was just a foster child? Or is, is it just his status that has changed mm. that you see him differently now? Or is it just because, well, now he's, he's, he's Chad and Susan's now. Well, right. of course, he's, he's family, so <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense. But if you look at it that way, what was the, what's the defining factor because you may or may not have looked at him – you may have looked at him differently mm. before. As you were speaking this week, that was one thing that had, had popped out to me since Ethan got – uh, baptized yeah, this week, which was super, yeah. super, <laughs> super, cool. super cool. And the video... That's worth watching the service for, the video yeah, beforehand. I was, was going to say... The video in there is great for if those you, of you that are listening and haven't watched. Go back and go back and watch in, in the video of him as... How old was four. he? Four. He was four, four years old. Baptizing himself no, no, in no, a... No, no, no. Bath. He baptized, baptized, yeah, he baptized himself he in a, a bath. That's what he was doing. That's what he thought. That's what he thought it was from. <laughs> in a Rubbermaid tub. I'm like, that is so tub. good. That is so good. <laughs> But Andy, I wanted to ask you a question. What do you wish people understood about you? <laughs> Where did that come from? That's one of the FHC takeaways. Uh, really? It, I it wrote was. that? You did. And uh, I, and that, was so, about, that was just for somebody else to think about, not me. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, you know, as a pastor, mm-hmm. is, there, is there anything that you think that people don't understand about you? And they go, oh, well, that's Andy. But Oh, interesting. Um, hmm. It's going to be a long, silent pause on the podcast. <laughs> um, no, I, th- I think that the same kind of thing I talked about in, this, in the sermon that Greg just alluded to, and that is that we're just all a lot more alike than we think we are. Persons who think I'm way different because I am the pastor, I, all the same issues that you have and the same, you know, same feelings, same losses, gains. I think that's one of the things that I would want to make sure people realize that we're all very much alike. I like it. I like it. You quoted some research as we look at, you know, how alike we are and all the similarities mm-hmm. that we share. You quoted some research, though, from uh, Dr. James Flinch out of Johns Hopkins, uh, where he talked about the loneliness. loneliness is the number one physical killer in our time. And he demonstrates that lonely people are the most prone to illness and death. I was just really curious, as a pastor, mm. do you have a theological explanation for this or a, a sortie? Is that the right word? Mm. Uh, 
You know, of just something, I'm just kind of interested to hear your thought on how loneliness, that research in regards to yeah. know, the theological realm. I think, I think that loneliness robs us of cheer, and I mean, merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I think that aspect of it, I sort of equate loneliness and sadness together a little bit. And so I can see how a person who suffers a lot of loneliness, that could be a, a downer for their body, their physical body as well. They're... Yeah, boy, that's interesting. I don't think we have ever truly valued to the degree we should the scriptural admonitions about the importance of assembling yourselves together. Uh, that we sometimes think we come to church for the preaching, for the biblical teaching, for the that's exhortation of the word. That's why. And that's and that was. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm so glad <laughs> you're a rare word. Um, Are I, you crossing <laughs> all of your fingers? <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> But I think sometimes we need that human interaction. When you read a book like um, Bonhoeffer's Life Together, you realize we forget the privilege of being able to assemble with other Christians and share faith. We, th- we just take that as, well, that's just normal. Yeah. But I guarantee if you talk to some of our, our members of our congregation that have immigrated here from the Soviet Union, from Iron Curtain days... I think they might have a different have a different that. value of that sure. assembling of the body together. Mm. And loneliness just pulls us apart from that and makes us think that, oh, it's just me and I, I, I have no one to share life with. So I think that those can all help they can hurt us spiritually as well as physically and get us ready for disease. Hmm. Taking a page out of Randy's playbook, he'd ask you one of your takeaway questions. I actually want to ask <laughs> both you guys and I'll answer it myself as well. Um, but when have you been the most lonely? That was one of the questions that you had in there. So when is a time, I'll start with you, Randy. We'll give Andy a chance to think. But when is the time you've been the most lonely? Probably the time I've been the most lonely. Um, honestly, I'm I'm usually around a lot of people by design because that's just who I am. It's where my comfort zone is. It's where I like to be. But years and years ago in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> I was once married to someone else other than my current wife. Mm, That's right. And through that process, which is just a long, very Jerry Springer-ish type of story that I won't get into here, during that process, even my friends didn't know Mm -hmm. how to be a part of my life. Mm. There were some other substance abuse issues in my life that were happening at that time that also precluded me from being the kind of friend that I needed to be in order to bring those in and admit Mm. that I had certain problems. (laughs) The substance abuse being one of those. But during that time, I can still distinctly remember just being so – it was a foreign – it was foreign to me Mm -hmm. because, again, that's not who I was. Even in the midst of those other troubles, that was part of what – You were still connected. I was still connected because that's where my people were. That's where my tribe at the time was. But even at that, it was just such a weird feeling for me, something I've never experienced to that degree before. So – Going through a divorce and going through a really messy divorce and going through it seemingly alone is how it felt. And looking back, I don't think that was 100% the case. I know it wasn't 100% the case, but no time time ever in my life did I feel like I was that isolated. Yeah. Definitely. I've buried a spouse of the same person I went shared them going through a divorce. Mm. And you'd think, what could be worse than death? And so I I asked her uh, after the fact— well, which was worse, you know, the death or the divorce? And she was married to a booger, in my opinion, anyway. And she still said, "Oh, the divorce," because there was no, it was, it was a choice. 
Whereas yeah. the death was not a choice. I mean, you know. Well, and even if it's something that needs to be done, and even if you're biblically right. in the standing oh, sure. to do it. It's still painful. There's still a portion of you. And at that point, I was so far away from God that that wasn't even part of it. <laughs> it wasn't was, a God problem. <laughs> it wasn't a God problem, but yet it was because I felt like even so, you know, you did you did take the vows you that you take seriously. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, how can this all be ending so horribly yeah. from where it once was and once where it would, it had started mm-hmm. from. So yeah, that's a, I, I don't doubt so, that that was. So we're glad for Heather. We are glad for yeah. Heather. We, are, <laughs> we praise God every day for Heather, literally yeah. every day. What about you, Andy? I think um, there probably, probably a moment in my ministry here, actually, um, where I thought I had really strong support from a, a core group of people, and and then that changed radically. Uh, and just that sense of, wow, I thought I was in this together with this, this these people, and now I'm not in this together with these people. And that just sort of feeling like, okay, um, lonely abandonment kind of thing. I'm like, Randy, it's highly unusual for me to to find myself in that kind of place. I'm, I'm usually looking for lonely. <laughs> <laughs> Could you guys just leave me alone? But, but lonely and alone are very different things. So. Sure. <laughs> I think for me it was probably when I graduated from college and started you know, working in my first job and just moved to a city where I didn't know anybody. Wow. And, and it's, it's different you know, moving there as a pastor because <laughs> – you know, like you're cautioned and and instructed in you know school to like you know that like you can't unload work problems on your parishioners, and so it's like I don't have anybody else. Like I moved somewhere <laughs> where I don't know anybody, and so it was a really interesting. It's when you started going to the bar, <laughs> no, no, just kidding. Pronounced just kidding. a very pronounced uh, uh, amount of loneliness. Yeah, in that time for me. So. You know, that's really interesting because. That should also inform us here at the hospital church because a lot of people come here to start careers. Sure. And I never, I've never, i never really thought about that as being a lonely time, but it can be a very lonely time, a new city, all new people, the pressure of performance in, in a new workplace. Mm-hmm. Almost to perf- and almost to perform at church. Yeah, so we, we really need to think about that little perfect storm and see if we can help mitigate that hmm. as we think about the future. So Yeah. Well, mitigating loneliness, what about uh, – I wanted to ask you about the foster kids. You said you read a lot of stories of foster kids over the week. And you gave a few words that you wrote down that came to your mind as you kind of read their experiences. Was there one thing before we decided we were going to go the other direction and then back to this? <laughs> my initial thought was I didn't want someone to leave the podcast in case they don't go back and watch the message mm-hmm. and about the whole foster care awareness month and that, you know, we take that pretty seriously here at the Florida hospital church. Was there one story that just stuck with you that you can't get out of your head where for someone to just that might just trigger someone to say, man, I need to take a closer look? Yeah, it was it was the stories of actually a couple of very similar stories. I couldn't name the people, but just uh, where where they were given a poor lodging. They they were actually put in the attic or basement. Mm. And whereas the biological kids in that home had in their own rooms, you know, on the regular floor. And then from the eating standpoint, they got minimal food while the, while the rest of the family ate quite well. And then at Christmas time, they got socks and T-shirts while the rest of the biological kids got the things they wanted, you know, for Christmas. And you think that's tragic if you're an adult but man for a kid that the pain of being having that that happen to you now 
I want to hasten to say that is not the experience of all foster homes. Sure. Uh, there, mm-hmm. You know, there are lots of great foster homes, but it's really sad that there are, there have been historically some, and these were all foster homes of a number of years ago. These are young adults now that are aged out of the program, that the stories that I was reading. Um, but they are, I mean, they're doing better and better jobs, hopefully of screening and, and, and knowing that. But uh, when you have a foster home that's doing it for the money, uh, yeah. it's a problem because, I mean, if, if, if you if you if eighteen dollars a day makes you need to do this, there, there's probably some other issues that need to be sort of solved in the family a little bit. For sure, for sure. So you talked in your sermon about how you know we've been talking about it here how some of our families have um, you know started fostering mm-hmm. uh, students as a result of our emphasis. And I'm since we're running out of time, I'm going to assume that part of the reason we place such a strong emphasis on this is because you know God says to in Genesis, or I mean uh, James one. 27, uh, and you quoted this scripture in your message, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. What does this look like in the 21st century? Would you say that this group, right, of, of basically an oppressed, marginalized group of people in the form of widows and orphans, is this a larger group or a shorter group, or a smaller group or a larger group than what? today? Than oh. it was... Uh, in the time that James I, wrote this, I think it's just like the general population. The general population is larger, so I think it has to be larger, and and I think it really is speaking to people who are in any kind of distress, as opposed to having to be a widow. Or would you give us some examples of those? I, I just like as we're wrapping up, I just want to give our listeners an opportunity to say, you know, maybe some of them are saying, "Well, I don't know that I can foster at this point in my life right now. Right. I don't know, and, and maybe I don't know how I can support." A widow, mm-hmm. right? And so, if there's other things you know that could be done, what are some ways that that people could offer support either to those or to a larger you know group of marginalized people that are maybe not represented in widows or orphans? Right. I don't. I don't think you have to solve the whole problem. I think we start there in and finding a small piece of the program, a, a person that you might run into through some kind of social intercourse that you recognize is having a having a very difficult time making ends meet. Almost everybody who's listening to this podcast probably could easily skip a meal at a nice restaurant and provide groceries for a week for for a person with that one meal. Yeah. And so I mean there's there's things like that and and to be able to look for look for people that we can simple things. We we oftentimes think we have to adopt a child into our home or take them in as a foster child. How about just speaking to kids? And, and having conversations with them about their lives, that whether that whether they're an orphan or whether they have a great home, either one you might be benefiting and changing their trajectory because somebody showed interest in me. Uh, the big turning point in all the stories was when somebody somebody recognized this child and treated them as if they were valuable. Right. Uh, and so I just I think we can I think we can do that on a daily basis from the checkout clerk at the grocery store. Um, you just watch people just for go for a while and just watch how people treat other people in the in the service industry, mm. and don't do it that way. <laughs> don't do it that way. <laughs> well, you know, and the other, <laughs> I think that's good advice. And I think even if you, I mean, if you're listening to the podcast and you're going, I that didn't clear up anything for me. <laughs> call the church office and call Chrisia. And if you if you have something in your closet that that you can get rid of as far as some nice clothes, some gently used clothes, some different things, Chrissy has a bunch of things that they need that from outside in. That's a way to give back to a child. Yeah, that, we work. We use those clothes just for those listening to yeah. help our uh, foster you know foster students and different agencies that we work with. So yeah, so yeah. there's. I mean, that's just a simple way. Just go clean out your closet. That can help somebody right there. All right, uh, we're well, we're out of time. Man. We're, out, we're we're way out of time. It, happen, <laughs> it happens every week when you think it's going to be quick. 
next this upcoming week what do we start a new series it's you're gonna have Proverbs. to deal with me again what yeah two weeks 11, in a row two, two weeks in a row all right uh all we're right. starting a series uh advice for graduates or grads advice for graduates and and the rest of us as well and the rest of us oh, as well. it's gonna apply to all of us <laughs> yeah i think so uh-huh. i hope so i think oh, good. so good since you know the <laughs> so, grads are gonna be a small any representation. Uh, any little teasers Oh, any teasers? Oh man, humility does not equal self-contempt. Ooh, that's good. That's a good teaser. Well, you're definitely going to want to check that out. So, you know, this week was a lot of fun, and it was a little bit different than normal. So it came. I think it came out all right. So, uh, you know, if you're still able, join us again next week for episode 102. We haven't scared you off. <laughs> and uh, we'll be back then. Thanks for joining us.